Hello, and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And today is our season 12 finale. Oh my god, it's finally here. I can't believe it. I feel like this one's lasted a while. It really has, just because with school starting, there's so much less time for Degrassi. It's, it's pretty sad. But we're going out with a bang. We're, we're going to focus on, I guess they're all freshmen, except for Cam, who's a sophomore. But yeah, we got Tristan, Zig, Tori, Cam, and Maya today. It's going to be a very busy episode, lots of things going on. And also, of course, just a trigger warning with all of the Cam things that we're going to be talking about probably in the second half, that we're going to be talking about depression and suicide and all of those mental illness things. So just watch out for that. So who are we starting with? We are starting with um, Tristan. Tristan. I think, our, yeah. Our, our favorite. You love him. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just get started. So Tristan, he starts by catfishing Cam, basically. That's his first plot where he kind of has a crush on Cam, or at least he wants to be his friend. But he is very anxious around Cam for whatever reason. So he catfishes him through Maya's face range account, which obviously goes well. And at the same time, he auditions for Romeo and Jules, which we talked about like 10 times already. So yeah, uh, Tristan gets cast as Jules in Romeo and Jules, which is now gay. And then Cam hates him and Maya because he catfished him. So then Tristan is kind of just in the background for the rest of that half of the season until the episode where the play is about to happen. And he is very self-conscious about his first kiss being with Dave because he has never been kissed before and he does not want it to be with Dave. So he tries very hard to find someone to kiss him in like a day with apparently no other gay guys in the school. None. He expects it to happen somehow. <laughs> but then one of the hockey guys like tricks him into meeting up and then he gets locked in the closet and people go looking for him. And then when they find him with the help of Owen of all people, because what was it? Luke kidnapped him. Yeah. And then Owen was like, where'd you put my brother, bitch? Yeah. Tori got, got him and was like, help. Yeah. But then Tristan is like, what's the point in even doing the play if I won't get kissed and no one loves me? And then in true Degrassi fashion, Tori is like, everyone here loves you, Tristan. Stop being a drama queen. So then Tori plants one on him and then they do the play and all is good. Yeah, he also meets, what's his name, Fab? Yeah. Through the play, he's like this Brazilian dude who has no personality. <laughs> he has a crush on Fab, so he does like a yoga class with Fab but he is unable to do even the most basic of moves because he is not very fit. So he decides to go on a cleanse, which is very unhealthy to do because he like loses many pounds in a week. Seven. Oh, the specifically seven? I didn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, it was on the Degrassi wiki page. Ooh, gotta love the Degrassi wiki. So yeah, he ends up having a heart attack because he hasn't eaten in a couple days because of his cleanse. He goes to the hospital. Tristan and Owen have kind of a moment about like, I don't know, taking care of yourself. 
<laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, and that's kind of it. Later on, he says that he, I don't know if him and Fab were ever officially dating, but he says that he stopped talking to him because Fab didn't like, like, Project Runway or something. <laughs> yep, that was it, actually. Otherwise, Tristan is just kind of in the background for most of the season. He's a supporting character, but he's around. So what do you want to start with? Let's start with the catfishing thing, because I feel like that's his, like, first big, big plot of the season. I don't really understand why Maya didn't stop this. <laughs> Tristan guilted her. It doesn't matter. It does not, like, you cannot just let somebody, like, pretend to be you and be like, all right, sure, do it in your own free time, whatever. No. Yeah, it was dumb. It was very freshman high school plot. Yeah. I mean, I understand both of Cam and Maya's, or not Cam, Tristan and Maya's perspective that like Maya's trying to help her lonely friend. And especially for Tristan, I understand that it's hard to talk to boys. I, I've been there. <laughs> We've all been there. But, you know, just like, don't be weird about it. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you. Do you think that Tristan should have stopped pursuing Cam when Owen was like, he's not gay, like, he's not going to be interested, like, don't waste your time? Well, what does Owen know? I guess. I guess that's true. If anything, Owen saying don't do it is just going to make him want to do it more, which is what happened. <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. I was just curious what your thoughts, what your thoughts were on that. Because I feel like if I liked a guy and my friend was like, he's gay, I'd be like, oh, all right. And then I just like, I wouldn't pursue. But I feel like you don't know if he was gay or not because he's a new kid. So like, what does Owen know about Cam's sexuality? Just assuming that he's straight because he's a jock? Oh, I guess. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that, but that would make sense for Owen. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to know what your opinion was on that. Yeah. I Like, he definitely shouldn't have catfished him, of course, but, like, pursuing him as a friend, I think, was fine. Well, we know he wasn't trying, like, he said he wanted to be his friend, but, like, we both know that that's not what his real intentions were. Well, yeah. I don't know. It's just he wants to, it's fine, whatever. He pursued, it didn't work out, obviously, but I'm kind of surprised that they kept Cam as a big character, because I feel like sometimes in plots like that, that character kind of disappears. Because it's like a freshman plot of like catfishing and like they could have picked somebody who would just like be there for the plot and then just like never come back kind of. Well, but that plot was also to introduce Cam's character. Yeah, which I'm happy he stayed. I just feel like sometimes with plots like that, they could have went the other way with it too. Because I feel like we talked about this with Katie where they introduced Katie and I feel like it was kind of like a surprise that she stuck around after because she was really introduced almost as like Adam had a crush on her. Yeah, that's true. So you were expecting Cam to just kind of be a background character, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I was thinking that. I didn't think he was going to have a huge role in this season. Well, you were wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was just a good way to introduce Cam's character, just with Tristan having a crush on him. Yeah, I I wasn't. I didn't have any expectations for Cam, just that he was kind of cute little cute little guy who like because what was it he 
joined in on teasing Tristan, but then he apologized for it because he was like, I need to fit in. I have no friends besides hockey guys. How, how dumb was Tristan though? That like the whole reason that the catfishing thing came out was because he messaged Cam, hey, I got the part in the play from Maya's account. Like, what were you expecting to happen? Like, you're not friends with him yourself on face range. So why are you messaging him saying that you got the part when you're on Maya's phone? How stupid are you? Yeah, he just got excited. And it was like, I, I want to tell him because that he wanted to be more than friends, <laughs> obviously. But think about what you're doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it had to come out at some point. <laughs> Like, he's like, oh, you want to borrow my Lost DVDs? Like, what? If I was mine, I'd be like, who watches Lost still? I think it was already over by then, actually. Okay, so. But I don't hate Tristan so much in this plot. He's still a bad friend for pulling Maya into it. But I understand where he's coming from, at least. So I could sympathize. All right. That makes sense. I get it. Also, with the first kiss, I could also sympathize. With the first kiss thing, like, Tristan, you are literally 14 years old in ninth grade. Calm down. <laughs> for the first kiss thing for Tristan, I was kind of annoyed because I didn't think it fit his character at the time because he was so about being the lead of the show that to switch to something like, I don't want to kiss Dave, that's my first kiss. I was kind of surprised because he was so into theater. I thought he would do anything. And, like, this was the thing he was the most nervous about yeah I agree like he was so hype about being the lead in the play he was like nothing else matters especially like when Maya starts dating Cam Maya asks Tristan if it's okay and he's like yeah my, my one true love is the musical now so like I, I did think it was a little weird that like now he cares so much about a stage kiss of all things like at least it would be a kiss with a boy like even if it's Dave yeah and you don't have to count it it doesn't matter I don't know I guess back then if you think about it kissing was a way bigger deal so I feel oh, like so so I I am in the same boat as Tristan that I did not have my first kiss until literally this year and I am I guess I was 23 at the time 24 now especially in high school and being gay I feel like it's nice to want it but like to expect it to happen is very unrealistic <laughs> So do you think this was like an inaccurate por portrayal of somebody who's gay in high schools? Like, do you think that that was like a thing? Yes. Being so overdramatic about it, no. But like wanting a first kiss, I sympathize. I guess like my first real kiss was this year. But like I've had other not counting kisses, you know, like friend kisses and such that like don't count yeah so like just because you put your lips on someone's lips doesn't mean that it like is an official first kiss you know yeah that's what i'm saying he doesn't have to count it but tristan's dramatic so yeah but the the scene with um where tori is like all of us love you tristan i thought that was cute and then tristan just didn't care no tristan doesn't care about anybody but himself <laughs> Like, his friends are trying to help him out, and he's like, fuck you guys, no one loves me, even though I'm 14. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I feel like, how helpful is it when, like, your friend and her boyfriend, and then the girl who is, like, going to end up dating the guy that you're catfishing, <laughs> are all in the same room, being like, we love you. 
he also loves them in his own weird way that he shows it <laughs> but I don't, I don't think we can analyze Tristan too much because it just doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah like that's the thing about Tristan is that he kind of builds up this tragic narrative for himself that like nobody loves him and that he's going to be lonely forever but then in this very season he has an opportunity with Fab but then he just throws it away because Fab doesn't like reality tv they didn't see fab was just a featured character that like i thought cam would be tristan isn't valid in like feeling this way because in this season he had a chance to have a boyfriend and he just threw it away because Mm -hmm. of a shallow reason like do i think that tristan and fab would have been compatible as a couple no but he didn't even try is what i'm trying to say no, I get it. That's true. Like, he finally got what he wanted, and yet... I really do sympathize with, like, Tristan and being a gay guy in high school and not being able to find a relationship. Just complaining about it and, like, being so overdramatic about it all the time, especially into seasons 13 and 14, is just so annoying, especially because he's he gets chances and he... Either, either screws it up or he just ruins it for himself. Yeah, I even wrote down Tristan crying about no one loving him as usual. And then I drew an arrow and wrote drama in all caps. <laughs> Did you want to move on to when he casually has a heart attack? Yeah, what the fuck was that? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They, like, I get if they wanted to do the anorexia plot, but they, <laughs> you can't just have him have a heart attack and then never talk about it again. I know, right? Especially for gay guys, like, body image is a very, like, big thing, which is awful. So, like, Tristan was the perfect character to do this with, but then they, they did it well, like, to start off with, like, oh, he hasn't eaten in, like, a week, but then he gets a heart attack? Like, sorry, What? <laughs> Like, when he was having the heart attack, I didn't know he was having a heart attack. He's a child. (laughs) Yeah, he just kind of, like, collapses on the floor. (laughs) And it's like, uh, something's happening. I don't know. I feel like they assumed that we would know that if you starve yourself for seven days, you can have a heart attack. Is that even a thing that could happen? (laughs) I know that if you have anorexia, you can have a heart attack because it puts a strain on your body. But that's after, like, months years <laughs> not seven days of anorexia I'm pretty sure I just feel like if they're gonna do anorexia they have to do it correctly and not just speed it up to fit the speed of the plot for that season yeah that, that's kind of been Degrassi's thing with eating disorders in general like Emma's took place over the course of like two episodes Toby had an eating disorder for like one episode Katie had hers after the fact discussed after the fact but like that was also like a two episode thing. Mm-hmm. So like Degrassi really doesn't go too hard with eating disorders. No, and if they're not going to, then they shouldn't have them because having Tristan have a literal heart attack and nobody talking about it, <laughs> nobody checks in. Like, isn't it just Owen in the hospital? I think so, yeah. Like where are his friends? He had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, it was dumb. I don't, I don't know why they did it. It kind of gets justified in a way too, because I don't know if you know this, but Tristan wears a fat suit. I did not. Yeah, like in seasons 11 and 12, Tristan's actor wears a fat suit, but then he stops wearing it in season 13. 
Yeah, I remember watching um, Degrassi like on TV when season 13 started and I hadn't watched 12 in a while and I was literally like, who is this? He looks completely different. Yeah, like not only the the platinum blonde hair, but he's also skinny now. So it, it kind of justifies Tristan's eating disorder because like he loses all this weight in like some off-screen way and it's just like not ever mentioned as being a thing. So like the fact that like he felt bad about his body because he was fat is kind of justified in that he does end up losing weight. Yeah, but they never address that, right? The, the optics of it, you know what I mean? I guess, but I feel like at that point, the eating disorder happened like a long time. Like he was still bigger in the second half of the season 12. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it was too far away for it to be connected. I still think it's connected though, just because he does lose weight and we don't really know how, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it could just, I don't know. I thought it was just an actor change and they just like didn't want to address it. Like in Halloween Town when they like completely switched out that girl and just like didn't talk about it. Oh my God, I hate it. <laughs> I didn't think to connect it, but I guess I could see it too. Yeah, it, it's more of like an implication than an actual thing is what I'm saying. And it's like okay. a bad implication and I don't like it. Because because like I said, like, body image in the gay community is so big it's awful anything else about Tristan um I just wanted to talk about his relationship with Owen okay they have a couple like moments throughout the season we already talked about like the Owen saying Cam is straight thing and then he like comes to visit the hospital and then he all he's also in that group of people with like Tristan all these people love you and then Owen specifically says, you know, I love you, bro. <laughs> Aww. So like, how do you feel about their brotherly bond? I think it makes Owen's character more likable. I think they realized he was just so unlikable from the other seasons that they kind of gave up working on him and bringing in Tristan and showing him as like a brother who's like grown up and isn't homophobic anymore maybe (laughs) Um, or at least as a brother that's gay I think they wanted to give him more character development without actually working on him and I don't know I kind of left it like not hating Owen because even when Owen is being a brother he doesn't do a very good job of it (laughs) yeah he's not like the best but he also isn't going around being a total douchebag so I feel like I'm like I'll settle for whatever this Owen is yeah, so like you said, it's it's a better Owen than like the Owen who was bullying Riley and Zane and like harassing Anya, but it's still not like a full character transformation. It makes sense with how people are. I didn't really care for their relationship. Like I, I didn't really feel like the bond like I do with like Katie and Maya, for instance. Yeah, I think it's because Katie and Maya were both really strong characters in this season and Owen had no plots. So I think that was why we didn't get much of a relationship because even with Katie and Maya, we saw their home life. So we knew that they were going to like build up that. I think that they could have just had Tristan without being related to Owen. Yeah, it wouldn't really have made that much of a difference overall. But didn't you also say that they like to make characters of siblings, like the younger sibling, the more main character? Or it just happens to fall that way. Yeah, like with Claire and Maya, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. But 
Owen wasn't, like you said, Owen isn't prominent enough to like be able to do that. Yeah, if they made more of the relationship known, not like last, he wasn't around last season, right? No, he was. He was introduced in the second half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't really do much with their relationship there. I feel like if they started building it up there, it would have been better, but they didn't. Definitely low tier on sibling relationships for me. I think like the bottom, <laughs> honestly. I don't think I can name anyone that's like worse. Declan and Fiona. <laughs> no, they're top tier siblings. Are you kidding? But yeah, Tristan overall, like we all know how I feel about him. And this is probably my least hated season of his. I don't want to say it's my favorite because <laughs> I don't really like Tristan at any points, really. But this is the season of his that annoyed me the least, which is an accomplishment. Yeah, I think it definitely, it didn't really hurt him a lot. The catfish thing was weird, but we got that right out of the way. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I understand like all of his actions in the season that he does from the perspective of like an insecure young gay guy mm-hmm. but like he's just so overdramatic that I can't with him ever he's a drama queen he's like Claire <laughs> even worse honestly okay do you want to go on to Zig and Tori let's do it okay so um we're kind of gonna split Zig Tori Maya and Cam into kind of three segments, I guess. So we're gonna, with specifically Zig and Tori, we're mostly just going to be talking about the one plot they have with Zig being poor. And then we're going to go into Cam and Maya's relationship, which includes like the love triangle or I guess a love square with Zig and Tori. So that's going to be like the next segment, I guess. And then we'll go into Cam's depression. So specifically for Zig and Tori with the Zig being poor plot, Tori is hype about her and Zig's like three month anniversary. Um, it's four. <laughs> oh, four months. Good for them. So Tori is super excited and she's like, I got you a big present. And everyone like stresses Zig out about making it special for Tori. So they go to Little Mistakes, <laughs> the most romantic place at Degrassi, of course. And then they end up dining and dashing, unbeknownst to Tori, of course. But yeah, they dine and dash while Marisol is their literal waiter. <laughs> Which I, I love how, how they point out in the next episode how Marisol is Moe's girlfriend and Zig and Moe are in, in the van together. So like, what was Zig expecting to happen? <laughs> oh wait, that's so true. <laughs> I love how they pointed that out because it was so stupid of Zig. Zig ends up like stealing money for like some event thing. Then he ends up putting it back. And then everyone finds out that he's poor. And then like, he's like, I'm sorry, I'm poor. I'm insecure about my family's financial situation. I'm sorry. So then everyone forgives him after he sings a bop for Whisper Hug. (laughs) So true. And then Tori like follows him home and meets his mom and everything is cute. And yeah, after that, like that's kind of the only plot that they have as a couple. And then after that is like all of the love triangle stuff or love square stuff that we're gonna get into later. I don't know. 
it was it was new right i feel like we haven't done something like that yeah i was thinking about this like i feel like sean had like not like a boohoo on poor plot like this is but sean definitely had plots relating to like him not being in a very good like home situation relating to like that his family is poor yeah it's also different because pretty realistic in my opinion like you're in a relationship for a while and your girlfriend's like let's do stuff and like when you're 14 first of all you have no money like what are you doing you don't have a job because you're in high school and you're 14 so now you're like I have to get money from my parents and I know my parents didn't just like give me money whenever I wanted so I can see how that could be like stressful for someone whose parents can't give them any money because they're poor yeah especially because Tori's apparently rich like what, what did she say that she bought Zig an iPad <laughs> yeah and she spent like five of her allowances allowance money or whatever on a dress for the date to little mistakes yeah like okay Tori just flex more about how rich you are but yeah I really felt for Zig in this episode because like there is really such a stigma against being poor so I really felt bad yeah I felt bad too I liked the inside view of like with his mom and also the neighbor who's like also poor who he comes back around right Amen, right yeah yeah he, he comes back he pops in every now and then yeah so he kind of stays relevant I don't know I thought it was different and that's kind of why I liked watching it and I feel like Tori's reactions and everything were kind of fair I felt like she definitely should have dumped him when he stole before she knew the reason why because like you don't want to be with a guy who's like steals money or like dines and dashes Mm -hmm. I did like I know that they kind of tried to justify it by Tori saying like oh like I want it to be our thing with a four-month anniversary but like it was still stupid like calm down (laughs) Jasper what if I want to do that why <laughs> yeah I don't know I could accept six month anniversary like a full half a year but like four months like come on <laughs> no you pull four months out when you haven't been on a date in three months that's when you're like I want to sell I want to go out and do something um oh it's our four month because you know her and Zig aren't doing things they're just hanging out well I, I wouldn't guess. I wouldn't have made it such a big deal. I wouldn't be like, hey, it's our four-month anniversary. Let's go out to dinner. But not like, oh my God, this is going to be the most important thing that we've ever done as a couple ever. I also don't want to stereotype, but Tori is a pageant girl too. (laughs) So I feel like when you're with girls who do pageants, they might be a little high maintenance. Just a a tad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Tori definitely is. Yeah, so the four-month thing doesn't surprise me from her. And, like, Zig shouldn't be surprised either because he's dating Tori and he knows how she is. So should he have been upfront about it? What do you think? Is it really any of her business? Okay, this is this goes into Zig's whole character, really. Because this is really Zig's first ever plot ever. And it really sets the tone for, like, how he's like for the rest of his time on the show. Where... Zig is like the most insecure boy that I've ever seen ever 
him being so insecure about anyone finding out that he's poor like just fits entirely with what we see happen with him afterwards so it's like a really good start to like his character not that zig has like a really great character development overall but like him being insecure like with himself or with his relationships is like a very big part of his character throughout his entire time on i didn't even pick up on that all right that makes sense i like that response do i think he should have been able to tell tori of course like tori's sweet she doesn't judge too much he had nothing to worry about but like it's part of zig's character that like he cares a lot about what other people think and also he's not put in a scenario before to like have to tell her i can see why he wouldn't yeah because i'm i'm sure he's had negative experiences in the past i don't know i'm sure he's been like teased about being poor at some point (laughs) or something yeah who knows we don't know well i did i did like we kind of mentioned this i did like how it was a realistic look into like what being poor is kind of like on a day-to-day basis yeah, they didn't do anything dramatic that I needed to be like, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, he just dined and dashed and then yeah. he had to pay it back. <laughs> and like his family owns that cute little convenience store. And he likes his mom so much. Mm-hmm. Which is why my heart breaks for Zig in the next season. But that's going ahead. <laughs> I don't even remember. We'll get there. How do you feel about Zig and Tori specifically as a couple? Yeah. They're all right, I guess. They were, they're pretty cute overall. He's just so in love with Maya, like, all the time that I feel like it's just not fair to Tori that they're even dating. Absolutely. Like, this is more going into the love triangle stuff, but the same way that we've mentioned a lot how, like, Drew flips a switch with liking Katie to liking Bianca, Zig does the same exact thing with liking Tori to liking Maya in the pageant episode. You don't, I think that he's liked Maya since like day one. Because remember they went, didn't they go on that date? I I forgot if it was a date, but they definitely hung out like the first day of school. Went and got coffee at the dot or something after school. Yeah. So that to me, I feel like from that day, he's always liked Maya, but then Maya never really showed any interest. So then he dated Tori. Mm, I still feel like he really liked Tori though. I don't think in that first episode that he like had romantic feelings for Maya. Hmm. Like I don't he, know. Even when they're in the band together, they're very like kind of flirty. They're just friends. Nah, I think that he's liked her since day one. Zig is especially in season eleven. He was a dumb idiot boy who doesn't know what feelings are. So I don't think he like liked Maya or Tori at least in season eleven. I don't know. I think I might have to disagree with you. Because if you watch it thinking that he likes Maya low-key the whole time, it, like, makes sense. I think that he just views her as a friend until the pageant episode. But you don't just, like, kiss out of nowhere. Feelings the building up to that for him, at least. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was, like, a, a switch was flipped, like, with Drew. All right. I don't know if we're going to ever agree because I'm not letting go of this. I think that he's loved Maya since day one. Well, I, I definitely know that him and Maya were supposed to be together at the end of the day. Yes. Like, that was always supposed to be endgame. But that doesn't mean that I think that he liked her from day one. I want to put a poll up for this. <laughs> okay, we'll see what the people think. 
And what what do you specifically feel about Tori herself? I know we talked about her a little bit before with like how it's hard to get invested in her knowing that she leaves after this season. But like, I like her. She's very cute. Yeah, I liked her as Maya's friend. I didn't see why they couldn't keep her around and kind of have like a Claire Alley thing going on. Yeah, I know. I especially love the scene with their friendship where um, Tori is trying to like be nice to Maya after Cam and then Maya like shoves her away. And then like, it's like the last scene of that episode where like they hug and cried out. I thought that was so sweet. Maya definitely just thought she was just consoling her because she felt bad about Cam. But like in reality, we knew that they wanted to be friends again. Mm Mm-hmm. It was so cute. And I'm, yeah, I am sad that she left. I feel like they didn't do enough with her this season for me to be like, oh my gosh, she's one of the saddest characters to disappear. Cause like, yeah, but she was cute. She was there. Like she didn't have any plots of her own, which is pretty sad. So like, I understand why the actress left because they weren't giving her anything. Oh, that's why she left? I'm pretty sure. I think she's, she left to pursue other opportunities. Yeah, I don't blame her either if they weren't given, they gave her nothing. Yeah, I will say I did like the little development that she had in the pageant episode where she's like, where she was shitting on Maya and mm-hmm. then she, she realized that she was being a bad friend. Then she's like, I love Maya and I'm a better person because of her. I thought that was such a cute like mini development in that episode. I always think with Tori like that she's gonna be bitchy because she's like really pretty, but that she's just not. She's so sweet. Mm-hmm. She deserved better. Yeah, I think I could have done one more season with her without, but I also understand that they replace her as the friend with like Tristan because Tristan obviously becomes a big character in the show. Unfortunately. You always slip in something. <laughs> <laughs> I like Zig and Tori. I like Tori. I feel bad for her, but... Let's go on to our main event, Maya and Cam. All right, let's do it. Okay, so again, for this segment, we're just going to be focusing on Maya and Cam's relationship specifically, and then like the love square or triangle, whatever the hell you want to call it. (laughs) Okay, so Maya starts with a bang in the season where she's insecure about her boobs, and she wants to join Moe's band. So she buys, like, I don't even know what to call them. They call them chicken cutlets in the show, but I don't know what they're actually called. Yeah, you just call it that. Chicken cutlets? I guess. I don't really, I thought they were like, I think that's what people refer to them. I've never used one, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so she gets, like, fake boobs, and then they fall out during her audition in classic Degrassi fashion. And then she has a super badass moment where she throws the chicken cutlet in Owen's face. So that kind of sets the tone <laughs> for the rest of Maya's season. So then the next episode is the catfishing episode where she kind of meets Cam for the first time. But then once he finds out that they've been catfishing him, he like says that he hates them and never wants to talk to them again, which doesn't last because... Obviously, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, in the next episode where Cam is being like teased by the hockey team and he like starts crying in the bathroom and such, 
he befriends Maya in that episode and they become like actual friends. And then they go on their first date at the movie theater accompanied by Katie and they have a super cute photo booth scene. And then they, they have a kind of rocky start to their relationship because Maya's trying to impress him with hockey things, but Cam doesn't want to be impressed by hockey things. So they have like lots of miscommunication, but then they end up getting together after they work through things and they are so cute. I love them so much. So then on the next thing specifically for their relationship is the pageant episode where the whole reason that the pageant happens is because Maya doesn't feel like Cam, I guess, doesn't like her physically, I guess. Is that what you would say is how she's feeling? She thinks that he's not finding her attractive and that's why he's like consistently rejecting her. Right. Because like she tries to make out with him and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. She even takes her shirt off and he was like, and... (laughs) (laughs) yeah so like Maya is like does he actually like me if he doesn't want to kiss me or like he doesn't think I'm pretty so she joins this pageant with Tori and Tori also makes her feel bad about how she looks because Maya actually does well in the pageant and and Tori is super jealous about the fact that she's doing well so she starts hating on Maya's whole look and then Maya also ends up breaking up with Cam for a hot minute because even after she like has prettied herself up so to speak cam still is like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) so she dumps him and then since zig is telling her that she's pretty she's like "Ooh, i am going to make out with him even though he's dating tori because tori's being a bitch to me (laughs) so that whole messy thing happens and then she realizes that it was an awful idea so she apologizes to cam Or I guess she doesn't tell Cam at this point, but she gets back together with Cam and nobody knows about this besides Zig and Maya. And I guess Katie too, because she saw it happen. So then after that is Zig has kind of tuned out with Tori. Like he's not interested in her at all anymore and he wants to be with Maya. So Zig is like trying to like steal Maya from Cam kind of while also dating Tori, which is very bad look on Zig because especially because Maya is telling him to back off like she's not interested so at the end of it all Maya comes clean to Cam about what happened and Cam isn't sure how to feel about it but then he forgives her because she came back to him at the end of the day and that's kind of it in terms of like specifically Cam and Maya's relationship and that love triangle stuff so where do you want to start with this, Bridget? Well, do we want to start with the chicken cutlet or do we just want to... That's not in the relationship part. That's oh, just... yeah, yeah. That's kind of a one-off, but we could talk about it. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a freshman plot, insecure. But I feel like it actually did kind of carry through because her insecurities with that kind of carried into the relationship with Cam. So that was something consistent that I was surprised about. Yeah, actually, I was thinking, and I don't think Maya is insecure necessarily in her body she's just confused because she feels like she should be insecure if you know what I mean because she's like like everyone's making fun of her for like having small boobs and for looking like a 12 year old and she's like but why does that matter what does that have to do with being in a band she is kind of calling out the misogyny of it all, I guess, where she's like, who cares about what I look like if I'm talented? 
especially in the pageant too, where she's like, I know Cam likes me, so why doesn't he want to make out with me? Is it because of how I look? Like, why does how I look matter? You know? Yeah. So Maya's kind of being like super big brain with with both of these plots <laughs> where like she is sure of herself, but she is made to feel like she shouldn't be sure of herself because of the things that are happening around her. That's a perfect description because I feel the same way. I feel like she is not someone who normally would care and she's only caring now because other people are like bringing it up. Yeah. Like she never would have thought twice about her being flat if like Dallas didn't say anything, which like, why would he? That's so rude. Yeah, like literally he's a senior and sexualizing a freshman. What the fuck? Ew. Like this day, I was like, that's a stretch. That is a stretch. Like, I really don't think that I would like to think that seniors wouldn't harass freshmen about having not having boobs at 14. I know. It's disgusting. Maya is very sure of herself. Like, she knows that she is badass at cello and, like, pretty much every instrument ever. She knows that, like, she is a desirable human being and is just confused about why all these people are, like, teasing her for all these things. I know. And I, like, get it, but what did you think about the pageant thing for her? The fact that she did it in the first place? Yeah. I thought it made sense. Like, it was definitely not usual way of tackling, like, body image (laughs) things with, like, a pageant. I thought, like, the pageant aspect itself was a little weird. Wanting to look pretty for, like, your significant other, I think that was, like, a fine aspect. Yeah, I guess it was a little bit of a stretch for me because I don't really think I know anyone or knew anyone in high school that what did pageants Mm -hmm. so I think that's why I was like is this a realistic thing because did we did you know anyone nope like I know Tori's pretty but like I was kind of shocked that she was like doing pageants I didn't really care too much about the pageant aspect like I said the wanting to like change how you look to conform to like society's standards of beauty (laughs) yeah yeah definitely they were just getting creative with Maya this time yeah (laughs) <laughs> and like, I liked it. I was like, cool. Because then they, it ended up leading to them kissing anyway, Zig and Maya. Because she dressed up? Well, not because she, not just because she dressed up. Because they kissed at the pageant, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was all that. All that's jazz. Before we get to the love triangle, let's talk about Cam and Maya, though, first. Okay, let's do it. Okay, the first thing I wanted to start with was Cam and the catfishing thing because like the the scene where he says I hate both of you for catfishing me I never want to talk to you again I thought that was uh like one super overdramatic and two it ended up not meaning anything because he befriends Maya like a couple episodes later (laughs) yeah that's what I think made me second guess if he was going to be in it for a while or not because it made it seem like they weren't going to be friends and then like immediately becomes Maya's love interest. Yeah, it was a little weird. I would, they gave some people some weird lines like Katie in the when she had that like weird demonic line at the end of her getting fired from student council. Right. It's just like weird over dramatic lines that don't end up doing anything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's we'll add that to the list. 
Yeah. So just a weird start for them. But when they do become friends, they are so cute. And I'm I'm so happy for them. <laughs> I really like Cam and Maya. They were a very cute, like, first relationship. I don't know how to really be in a relationship because I've never been in one. And, like, Cam trying to figure out how to balance time and a girlfriend and also, like, what you're supposed to do when you're in a relationship because he was like I just didn't know how to be a boyfriend and she was like you should just know like it, it gave me very much early Sean and Emma vibes oh that's so true oh like especially God. like the first date for both of them like just had so many like tragic mishaps but it was still so cute yeah they're so cute I was I mean I'm sad how it ended but while they were going, I really liked watching them. Yeah, like it was it was a classic freshman relationship, like you said. Especially the whole like Maya's trying to impress Cam by pretending to be into hockey. That's still like just the classic thing to do to like pretend that you like what this boy likes <laughs> to, so that he likes you. I know. That was funny. I did feel bad when her text got read aloud. Oh oh my god, that was honestly such an invasion of privacy with the teacher by making them read it out loud. I couldn't believe, I would never, I would never. Oh, so uncomfortable. Like, honestly, I would like complain to the school about that. That's literally public shaming. She was like, now say it in French. (laughs) (laughs) I hated it. But yeah, they're so cute. I just can't get over it. Also like the aspects with like, with my pretending to like hockey thing and like the, the awkward, your nibble like it's just the, the whole point is that you just need to be yourself and like things will work out and it's just so cute it is and like they have their own fair share of like little bumps and I think that Cam was kind of there was things that he was selective mature about like when Maya told him that her and Zig had kissed while they were broken up And he kind of was like, you know what? You came back to me. And I was like, are you kidding? That's so mature. (laughs) I feel like Maya technically wasn't cheating because she had broken up with him at that point. No, but we've all seen friends. We were on a break. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I was curious to see which way they would go with it. Well, they were actually broken up though. They weren't on a break. No, I totally agree. I think that it was all justified, but I'm happy that Cam was able to like, kind of at the time be like you know what like it's okay you came back to me even though he beats the shit out of Zig later but yeah yeah I have some thoughts about that when we talk about Cam's depression but um okay yeah, he, he was very mature about the whole situation that was spicy <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it made sense that Zig was still into my after they kissed because he's liked her the whole time but (laughs) I don't know I do even think Maya liked Zig at all not at this point no me either okay I want to make sure so okay Maya liked Zig in that first season 11 episode right that we were just talking about she did like him then but then once Zig starts dating Tori she's over it she's like fuck him fuck boys and then then she is completely head over heels for Cam so I do not believe that like she went from liking Cam and wanting to impress him so badly to suddenly liking Zig. 
she yeah especially since zig kissed her she was just flirting like she was flirting and it wasn't great but she also had just broken up with him and yeah like she was she was just feeling insecure like we talked about like she's being made to feel insecure about how she looks and zig is being nice to her so she's like Tori's being a bitch to me and Zig's telling me I'm pretty when I don't feel pretty right now. So I'm going to kiss him. Yeah. So she didn't have any actual feelings for him. She just wanted to get attention from him basically because the world was like shitting on her left and right. I know. Maya really can't catch a break. But that's exactly why she goes back to Cam right away because she's like, I kissed Zig and I... Like, I knew that I still liked Cam, so I'm going to go right back to Cam. Which I was happy about. I feel like it did end. Um, I feel like Cam did need, like, one more chance to learn how to be a boyfriend. Because, like, he did have a few missteps. He should not have left at Maya when she had her makeup on. Like, you're supposed to be a good boyfriend. Like, I get it. It's scary. But, like, push through and laugh later. Um... Well, with that specifically, not that he should have laughed, but I it was right of him to be skeptical because Maya was putting makeup on for the wrong reasons. Okay. Like he was he was saying, like, oh Maya, this isn't you, I'm confused. Which like is honestly the response that I would have. I'd be like, why are you doing this? You've never done this before. Why are you changing your look suddenly? You know? You can't do that to your girlfriend though. You have well, to let her let her ride it out for like a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say you look you look nice, but like why? <laughs> yeah, see, he didn't say you look nice. He laughed in her face. Okay, okay. I I I concede. <laughs> so that's why I think his turnaround after they get back together really just showed that like he just didn't know what he was doing yeah for sure and he wasn't just being like i'm a boy i don't know like he was like i really don't know give me a minute and then he like turned it around yep like he just basically needs to be told what to do (laughs) oh cam i felt so bad for tori in this whole situation though I mean, I did, but again, I wasn't super connected to her, and I think they probably did that on purpose, because if we were, we would think Maya's the bad person. Well, she does call herself a bitch, so she also views herself as the bad person. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think it was, like, too much of Maya's fault. I mean, Zig was the one who kissed her. They they kissed each other. Let's be real. (laughs) Fine, whatever. And then Katie gives Maya this whole lecture that, like, don't be a hoe, Maya D'Souza. (laughs) Never forget. (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. Yeah, so, like, Maya was just as in the wrong as Zig. All right, you're right, you're right. But Maya wasn't in the relationship. Yes, that's true. So Zig was the asshole. Yeah, Zig did not come out of this looking good at all. But again, it's just basically Zig being a dumb boy and he's very insecure about himself. So it fits with what we know of him. Mm -hmm. Despite like the fact that I don't really like that it was kind of a switched flip, even though you disagree. Yeah, nope, we're not getting back into it. (laughs) Yep, nope, nope. 
this is probably a good segue into Cam's depression thing, but I did feel that their breakup and their makeup was a little weird with respect to his depression because we're, we're going to talk about this a bit more in depth, but like part of the reason why Cam commits suicide is because he loses Maya or he feels that he's going to lose Maya, right? So it does feel weird in retrospect and during rewatches that like Maya breaking up with him doesn't really have an effect on his mental health. Like the first time that they break up, it doesn't have an effect on him? Yeah, like during the pageant episode. Oh, okay. I mean, I have some up do you want to get into it because i have opinions about that too (laughs) let's okay well let's just have that as a make sure we address it (laughs) when when we talk about his depression okay (laughs) okay anything else for specifically like this love triangle thing or like cam and maya as a couple no i think everything kind of worked out how i would have expected it to like i thought it was kind of fair that Maya dumped Cam that first time. I also thought it was fair that Cam didn't know how to be a boyfriend. And although Maya screwed up, I'm happy that Cam forgave her and they could like move past it with everything being open and honest. I completely agree. Like, I love how they worked things out and were happy for at least a little bit before everything went horrible. Yes, I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maya and Cam are so cute. They're, I don't know if they're my favorite freshman couple, but they're so cute. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to like rank couples at some point. Yeah, we, we like, I feel like it, definitely me. I'm like, oh, this is maybe my favorite or maybe my least favorite. And like, I have no reference that I'm really thinking about. I'm just like, I like them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me too. Me too. Yeah, just talking these absolutes for no reason. <laughs> Okay, do you want to get into Cam and his whole story? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so again, trigger warning about depression and suicide discussion. Okay, so for a summary with like everything that's going on with Cam leading up to his suicide and the aftermath, basically, is that Cam is a new guy at Degrassi because he is on the hockey team and he currently has no friends. He His only real friends are... The hockey guys but as we see in his first episode from his perspective is that they bully him a lot because he is the youngest person on the team but he's also the most talented one so they kind of use him as a punching bag to kind of make up for the fact that they're not as good so he kind of does a lot of back and forth with the hockey team where like he's trying to avoid them um, but they kind of keep bringing him back in And then he ends up crying in the bathroom with Bianca. And then at the end of that episode, at least, he like learns to ignore the hockey team and then he befriends Maya. So him and Maya make a connection and then they end up getting together as we just talked about. But then Cam is feeling very stressed about being on the hockey team, even more so than the previous episode. He is just feeling very overworked with like practices and games and such. And especially he has such like high expectations on himself 
with being so talented and everything. The hockey guys aren't being nice to him. He misses home a lot because he's like really far away. I don't know exactly where his hometown is, but it's very, very far. So all the stress really gets to him and he starts self-harming himself. He starts by drinking milk when he's lactose intolerant and then it escalates into him cutting himself with his skates. At first it only happens by accident, but it's kind of implied that he continues to do it, but we don't really see that specifically. And then it even escalates even more from there where he is really sick of hockey, especially after he blew off a practice to hang out with Maya and friends. And then he gets punished with like extra practice. So in order to basically get out of hockey completely, he pushes himself off of like the railing at Degrassi and breaks his arm on purpose. So that kind of takes him out of hockey for a couple weeks. So yeah, does that to himself, but then he kind of lies to everybody about what happened. He says it was an accident. Maya kind of seems suspicious about it, but she accepts it and kind of, they just kind of go on as normal for a little bit during which all of the love triangle stuff happens during this kind of interlude where Cam has a broken wrist and him and Maya are like happily together. So then after the whole love triangle stuff is over, it's like spring break. So Cam goes home for like a week, but then he comes back and it's like spirit week at Degrassi. And he is feeling very insecure about Zig and Maya being on the same spirit week team. So he kind of goes off on Zig during like a field hockey match and starts beating him up because like Zig is, I, I forget what Zig was even doing, but Zig definitely did not deserve to get beat up. So Cam gets suspended and Maya is very angry at Cam for doing, for being an asshole to Zig and beating him up and such. And Dallas also yells his face off because of his suspension. So he's feeling very low at this point. And Allie actually helps him. Allie is his chemistry tutor that we saw in previous episodes. So Allie kind of tells him to just go make up with Maya, which he does. And they spend a really nice night together. Like Cam sleeps over. They like watch funny YouTube videos and such. And it's super cute. But then the next morning, um, Cam and Maya are supposed to have lunch together because Cam is still suspended. But Zig catches him outside the school and basically tells him to leave Maya's life because Cam is crazy and will just bring her down. So that really is the breaking point for Cam. And we don't know specifically what he does that night, but he ends up taking his life in the greenhouse of Degrassi where Eli finds him the next morning. And Maya finds out from not from the French teacher, but the French teacher like sends her and Katie in for Simpson to tell her. So Maya is supposed to have like a this cello audition or something the same day. So she is initially in shock and is just like, oh, can I go do my audition? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But 
everyone kind of has different reactions to Cam killing himself. So Zig feels guilty. Eli is kind of broken by what he found. Lots of people have different opinions, like Becky, who we talked about before, about and her reaction with respect to her religion. Mo trying to make jokes of everything. Um, people like trying to kind of coddle Maya and try to see if she's okay. How are you doing? That kind of thing. Um, but Maya isn't really sure how she's supposed to feel. She's very angry about everything that's happening. So that episode essentially ends with Maya and Tori making up like we talked about earlier. And they kind of leave it at that for that point. So then the rest of that season, every episode kind of has some aspect of a character who is affected by Cam's suicide. So the first one is Eli dealing with um, finding Cam. The next episode is specifically about Zig and how Zig feels guilty about Cam. Um, he kind of takes out his guilt on his French teacher because in his French class is Maya, Tori, and Tristan, and they're all kind of icing him out. Not really because of what he said to Cam, but because of the whole love triangle stuff from earlier. So Zig takes out all of his anger on the French teachers, but then he tries to make it up to her with this very embarrassing Zooby Zooby Zoo song. <laughs> I sing it to myself all the time. <laughs> oh my god. But yeah, then that episode ends with Zig apologizing for everything that happened, specifically the love triangle and kissing Maya while he was dating Tori, and then essentially telling Cam to go disappear. And then everyone kind of forgives him, but the important part of this is that Maya is his friend again out of this. And then the next episode is back to Maya's perspective where she is very tired of people, again, like coddling her and being like, ooh, how are you doing? How are, how are things after everything that's happened? Blah, blah, blah. So she ends up making out with this random boy at the Torres party for the elections while the weird girl Talia who gave Eli drugs films them which is a lot it's a lot so she essentially ends up like kind of trying to avoid all the feelings that she's feeling she also has her cello audition now because it was postponed because of everything that happened so she ends up like having her breakdown she like throws her cello in the trash she tries to make out with Harry again, but then Harry is about to have sex with her when Katie and her mom walk in and they stop that. And then like she has her full breakdown, which I'm sure everyone is familiar with that scene. It's incredibly heartbreaking. I like cry every single time I see it. But essentially after her breakdown, she kind of decides to get help. I don't think she gets therapy at this point, which is honestly absurd to me. But she ends up like talking with Zig about everything that's happened and how what happened was awful, but they kind of need to move on with their lives. They can't, they can't really like keep living like this, I suppose. And they have this cute, really this cute scene like on the wall at the back of Degrassi where like they hold hands and they're like, um, I'm not ready to be with you right now, but we'll wait. And that's kind of how the season ends for them. Okay, I literally don't know where to start. Let's start off with just, like, chronologically, I guess. With, like, 
Cam's depression and like the lead up to his suicide, basically. Okay. I mean, I guess it's definitely better than the one that they did back in Degrassi Junior High or Degrassi High when they had that suicide. Yes, I definitely agree with that. It's definitely better built up and everything. But I wanted to kind of talk about like the lead up to like him killing himself. Like what, what were the warning signs? How well was it done, you know? Okay. Yeah, so I think with, let's bring back the relationship thing with him not being as sad or not as like, that wasn't the breaking point for him. Right. So what I picked up on is like, now that we, what we know about Cam and like what happens to him, when I rewatch it, I kind of just start off assuming he comes in depressed and that he's been dealing with these sad feelings. And like, we see that with like his breakdown with Bianca and like everything. But I think with the relationship, when you're like in that mental illness state I feel like relationships aren't like your top 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 priority or like even with people who are depressed like you don't have that desire to like have intimacy so I feel like that could have been reflected through why he wasn't interested in Maya at the time because he was sad and then maybe afterwards when they like broke up and he was like okay maybe I do need to reevaluate that's why it wasn't like the breaking point. He was already sad. I don't know. Like, that's kind of me assuming. I don't know if like, that's actually what was going on. What do you think? Well, for me, it's weird to me because I would think that he would have a worse reaction than he did to my breaking up with him because like he is shown to be stressed pretty easily. Like, Essentially, from the first time we meet him, his anxiety is, like, front and center. Like, I know we kind of discussed, like, how him telling off Maya and Tristan for catfishing him was a little weird. But it does make a little sense with respect to him having anxiety, with respect to, like, he thought that these people would be his friends when the hockey guys aren't being his friends. So at least from that perspective, like him telling them off made sense, even if becoming friends with them right afterwards didn't make (laughs) complete sense. Okay, I Um, can see that. And also just like the general awkwardness that he has with the hockey guys, like like they force him to ask Bianca to have sex. Um, (laughs) They like, there's just a lot of awkward moments with him and the hockey guys. And like, he gets very anxious very easily, like with that Bianca bathroom scene, right? The whole reason that he's crying in the bathroom in the first place is because he was embarrassed that someone saw his Lucky Clover boxers, you know? So like, that's like a extreme response to something like that. Like, yes, getting publicly embarrassed is awful, but like, I don't think most people break down like that, you know? Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about the anxiety part because a lot of times you kind of think like depression is on its own, but anxiety and depression go pretty hand in hand. So the anxiety there is definitely like I wish that they had said anxiety because anxiety is a very big thing for people to have. And I feel like they never really touched upon it like in Degrassi 
And I feel like that would have been a good opportunity to, but they did not. Yeah, they don't do it explicitly, but I do think they do show it with Cam pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I don't, like we don't know much about how Cam was like before Degrassi, but I feel like we're kind of led to assume that his problems only really started with being at Degrassi and being away from home and being so overworked with hockey. And yes. that's like where his depression and anxiety really started. Because I know Cam says that like he doesn't really like hockey, but I do think he does really love it. Like, I don't think he would have moved across the country to play hockey professionally if he didn't actually love it. It's all like the politics of the hockey that he hates. He can't deal with all the stress that it puts on him with that he has to practice 24 seven. And especially the expectations that he is like a young superstar and like the youngest person on the team and he's the best person. Yeah, so. it's, it's even shown when like he goes to get like Dallas opens the door to the like hammer guys when they're at when he just like won the game or whatever. And he like has a panic attack in front of like all the cameras and stuff. Right. So like it's the fact that hockey is like putting all these horrible expectations and all these stresses on him that he hates, not the sport itself. And it's awful that like a sport that he loves so much and that he's so good at is like ruined for him because of all these stupid aspects of actually playing it professionally. That makes me so sad. Hmm. Yeah. And and with that episode where he is feeling stressed and like the self-harm like kind of progresses through those two episodes, right? Like he starts with just drinking milk to like make himself throw up to get out of practice, which I don't think they frame it as that being self-harm initially, but it definitely is because like purposefully making yourself throw up is not something that is normal. <laughs> and then it was an accident, but cutting himself with his hockey skates was progressing from there. And then of course, jumping off of the railing to break his arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the three major, major self-harm things for sure. So like, it definitely, was built up well in like the, his first few episodes with like the hockey and like befriending Maya because you could kind of see with Cam is that he kind of goes through lots of highs and lows, right? So it, it kind of starts when he gets to Degrassi as like a low with like he's stressed about hockey and adjusting to living in a new place and he misses his family. But then he kind of hits a high when he learns to cope by kind of ignoring the hockey guys and then he befriends and then later dates Maya and then he makes friends with the rest of the friend group through Maya so that kind of helps him but then hockey comes back and gives him another low with like all the stresses that are happening with hockey but then when he breaks his arm he's kind of free of hockey for a while so he gets another high and it's during this period that Maya breaks up with him so that's this is getting back to like what we were just talking about like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it was yeah. a super long circle. But basically what I was confused about is that he's kind of at like his high because he hurt himself so he no longer has to deal with hockey. So he's 
happier, so to speak. So it was weird to me that he doesn't have hockey and then he loses Maya. So I was confused as to why that didn't make him feel stressed and anxious and depressed again. I wonder if it's because he didn't have hockey. Cause like he ends up like what ends up happening is like he has hockey and then he feels like he's losing Maya again. So then he's kind of like trapped. Whereas like in here, he's like his biggest worry was hockey. And like, yeah, it's super unfortunate that like Maya dumped him, but he's also like, I don't have to do hockey. So I feel like his biggest, biggest trigger is the anxiety of hockey. So I feel that that could explain it. I do get what you're saying though. I could see how, like if they were gonna continue with the mental health piece, that would be a bigger impact on him. Right. Because while I do think Cam's arc is very well done, it does kind of feel abrupt when he does commit suicide because the last episode before the episode where he commits suicide is the episode where he breaks his arm. So there's like a very big gap in the number of episodes between that and then as soon as it comes up again, then he kills himself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it, it, it just kind of feels like they pushed it aside for a little bit just to bring it back to get him out of the show, you know? Hmm. I, I don't know. I guess I didn't realize like how close together it was or how, how there was space in between, sorry. Yeah, like I, I just remember when these episodes were airing week to week, it was like, like people were theorizing that Cam was going to commit suicide, but there was a, a big gap like probably like several months worth of episodes between the breaking arm episode and the suicide episode. Well, was his arm broken in the suicide episode? Well, his arm is healed by then. Okay, so he wasn't doing hockey at that point. Right. Okay, but he's back to doing hockey at the suicide point. Yes. Okay, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. I feel like hockey's the big trigger. Okay. I could see that. And even I could see it from the, the perspective that like some, t some days are better than others, you know? Yeah. Like I could see it from that perspective, but they didn't really frame it that way. So that's kind of why I kind of wish they did at least a little bit more, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think it, it's like tough because you don't want to give the audience like too much warning because in these scenarios, a lot of the time you don't see it. Right. So I think although they spaced it out, probably not for this reason, it also makes a little bit of sense. Right, right. Like that's why I'm so conflicted because from a writing perspective, I feel like you want to show as much as possible to kind of tell the full story. But yeah. then at the same time in real life, you are surprised by it happening. With Cam specifically, like it was just kind of a very bad day that ended awfully for him. Yeah, I wonder if it was tied into like the shock value of it too. Cause it had been a while since we saw Cam. Yeah, I don't, I think Degrassi did a very good job with like how they handled the suicide itself because it's not very sensationalized at all. Oh, 100%. I think everything that they did was 
appropriate and like Maya's like everybody's reactions made sense right so I don't think it was like the shock value of it that they wanted because I feel like it was kind of obvious at least at the end of the episode like where he has that like awful look on his face and then he breaks up with Maya by text yeah like like it was I don't want to say it was obvious obvious but like you could kind of tell as a viewer what was coming next you know yeah so like I was talking about like he kind of has lots of highs and lows so what do you think specifically it was we kind of alluded to it a little bit why the suicide episode itself was so awful for him was awful for wait what do you mean like why was that his breaking point basically oh why was oh oh okay I think it was because he was back to doing hockey but I also think it was because he really might have felt like he was losing Maya and like Zig obviously wasn't letting up and I feel like it just kind of was like a little bit of a I have hockey if I have hockey and like that's too much I and I don't have Maya and like do, does Maya even like me like the insecurities and the anxieties and stuff I feel like there's also the part of he broke his arm and it kept him out of hockey for a bit but now he's back and it could have been the realization like oh my gosh I'm always gonna have to come back to hockey no matter what so I feel like that could have pushed it too yeah I think a big aspect of this that they didn't really address too much is that he was just on spring break and he just saw his family for like the first time in a while. So then having to realize like, oh, I have to be in this awful situation again. And also I just had a great time with my family for a week and I miss them a lot again. So I think that was also a big aspect of it. Oh yeah, for sure. I I would 100% agree with that. And then also... With losing Maya, I feel like he really associated Maya with, like, being happy, you know? Yeah, and I think he he did really like her, but I think he projected a lot of his, like, he avoidance onto their relationship. Like, he was trying to avoid hockey, and he, like, kind of used Maya to do it. And then when Zig is like, screw you. Maya's mine or whatever he was like okay this is like too much right because that that episode specifically he has like tons of highs and lows all within like five minutes of each other right he has like he's kind of happy to be back at the beginning but then he's sad and then he beats up Zig which is a low and then Dallas yells at him and then he cries to Allie and then he apologizes to Maya and they have the awesome night together which is another high but then Zig tears him down. So it's like an emotional train wreck within like one day for him. So like, I, I hate that he did kill himself, but I understand like how he got in that headspace, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying at all that it's Zig's fault because Zig obviously would never have said that or anything to him if he had known, you know, how, how much, Cam was like dealing with at the time. So I would not right. blame. Obviously, we don't blame Zig in this. Yeah, no, nobody is at fault here. No. <laughs> the one thing, like this is kind of also with 
like there was a large gap in between depression episodes. I kind of wish that he was on the show for a little longer before it happened. You think so? I thought he was on for a good amount. I wouldn't have liked it if they built it up, if they kept him for too long. And then I was like really connected because I feel like then it's kind of like traumatic. Like JT's death was a lot because he was in on the show for six seasons before he died. Yeah. And like to this day, I still feel like really sad about it. Whereas like, I feel like if Cam was on for too long, it would have gotten to me or like probably a lot of people watching. Right. I mean, it still gets to me every time I watch it because I, oh, me too. I, I love Cam. But like, I, I could see that because, so I, I have two points here. So Cam's main purpose as a character was to commit suicide, right? That's, that's the reason why his character was made. And like the point of that was to kind of show the effect of a suicide on other people. Okay. Right, so like Cam is a bigger character than himself, if you know what I mean. Yes, yeah, yeah. And also, so I kind of divide Degrassi, The Next Generation, like the 14 seasons into kind of like two halves, like seasons one through nine and then 10 to 14. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So I'd say each half has like the super traumatic event, right? You have the school shooting in seasons one through nine, and then you have Cam's suicide in seasons 10 through 14. So I kind of view Cam as the Rick of like the the 10 to 14 era. Interesting, okay. Because because, like they're both kind of short-lived characters that make a very big impact on the more important characters. Yeah, that's definitely true. Wow, that's some deep thinking, Jasper. I spend too much time thinking about Degrassi. But yeah, so that's kind of why I was saying that like Cam's character is bigger than just Cam because the point of his character was for him to commit suicide and show how that affects other people to, to for like the general lesson of showing that even if you don't know many people or like, that's not what I meant to say. Like, no, I, I know what you're saying. Like, the, your interactions may be small, but, like, the impact of the suicide is big. That's why he interacted with Bianca and, like, Allie. Like, he, like, interacted with a lot of people in Degrassi in a short amount of time, which then was shown after he died. Right. So, and then with all, like, the different people's reactions, they were also trying to show that, like, there's no right way to react to a suicide. Yeah, definitely. Because literally every single episode after his suicide has some aspect of the episode focused on him. Which, as it should, honestly. If they did, like, a... This kid, like, killed himself and then we never talk about it again thing, I would have been horrified. Yeah, like, they definitely did an awesome job with, like, the last ten or so episodes of the season with like just having it incorporated in every single character like you have Eli and tying it into his character and his like relationship with death 
like Eli's relationship with death. You also bring it into Jenna and like she's starting this campaign to end bullying because she is a good person after all of her pregnancy stuff. You have Dallas, who's a newer character, but it kind of kickstarts his development into being a better person and being a better dad when we find out that he is a teen dad. And then I also kind of have Katie's reaction in here, kind of. It's not that Katie herself was specifically affected by Cam, at least outside of the Maya, like the fact that they're sisters. I kind of view Katie as kind of like a community response because Katie was behind like opening the greenhouse again and like helping the community heal from this event by kind of opening up this place where something tragic happened and trying to find new meaning in it, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good connection because I, she obviously was there for Maya, but we were very more, we were very much focused on Maya and not Katie as much in that scenario. But yeah, her wanting to like recreate the garden or whatever kind of reflected back to Degrassi High when they were like, should we or should we not put the play on? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like the, should we or should we not open the garden again? Yeah. And even like the, should we do spirit week still? Yeah, that was Fiona. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, so so literally everybody at Degrassi was affected, even if they didn't even meet Cam, you know? Mm-hmm. Because they even show that with, like, the minor characters with, um, what's the name of the guy that Maya makes out with? Harry? Yeah. Like, even he sees a picture of Cam, and he's like, oh, suicide dude. So, like, everybody is affected, you know? Yeah. So... I think they did an awesome job of like how they did the suicide and how they did like the aftermath and how people react. I agree. I think that they did a good job and I think that they did it well with Cam to a point where it wasn't like idealistic, not idealistic. I don't know what the word is where it's kind of like giving the audience ideas like, I don't think they did that with the self-harm. Because self-harm is tricky. Like, with Ellie, they did it. But it is a little, like, could that trigger somebody into doing it? I don't think they pushed that with Cam, which was, like, good. Right. Like, they, they very specifically did not show how he killed himself. Yeah, which is, I like, I'm all for that. I don't think that's an important piece for yeah. anyone to really know. It's, it's really not. And like, they were very tasteful with like how they address things. They, it was very slightly public service announcement-y with like when they have like the therapists like making an announcement to the school or whatever, like there's no right way to respond, talk to people. But like, it didn't feel patronizing, you know? They dealt with it very maturely and honestly, and it was very well done. And I, I hate that it happened, but like, it's an awesome part of Degrassi history. Yeah, and I think it's important to have that sort of, not representation, but like, it happens, you know? And like, there are plenty of people have reactions to it that they like wouldn't expect to ha- have if it hadn't happened to them kind of thing. So I feel like it was important for people who may not have experienced someone who like in their life like passed away this way 
to like see the possible reactions from people, especially right. mine. Right. Because when these episodes were airing, people were so mad at Maya. Like they were, they were like, why doesn't she care that her boyfriend killed himself? Like, why, why is she not crying? Why doesn't she care? And like, there's no right way for her to react. And I thought her reaction was very realistic. Oh, it's so realistic. It is, 100%. It, it, it made so much sense with her because she's 14. She is literally a freshman and she's having to deal with the first guy that she has ever had feelings for kill himself after they had a really nice night together. So like that is like just completely confusing and... I can't even imagine like how that would be in real life to have to deal with that. And I understand her being angry too. Yeah, definitely. The anger makes sense. Like her wanting to just go and like, and go and practice cello made sense because what are, what are you supposed to do after that? You're at school. Someone should have sent her home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know why she was, why she stayed in school, but Yeah, like, there's no, like, guidebook to how to deal with that, especially when you're that young. Like, she doesn't know what she's supposed to do. She just wants to, like, get back to normal, you know? Yeah, and it's reflected in her character through the rest of the show. Yes, Cam's death affects Maya till her very last episode on the show. Which, in real life... That's how it goes. It doesn't just go away after two episodes, like a Degrassi eating disorder. Yes. Like, Maya's arc, okay, I, I, I'm going to say an absolute again, <laughs> but Maya's arc is my favorite in all of Degrassi because it is in every aspect of her character in some way, right? Because in season 13 and 14 more so, She's very obsessed with like trying to help people and like trying to like make sure nothing bad happens to them and such like specifically with Miles and a little bit with Tristan too. And that stems from the fact that she feels guilty that she wasn't able to do anything about Cam. Like she was suspicious of the fact that he broke his arm. Like she believed him that it was an accident, but she very clearly like, was thinking that something else might have been going on. And then also with, like, she was super freaked out by him beating up Zig. There were warning signs, for sure. And it's not Maya's fault that she didn't see them. There's no way that she should have known to be looking for them in the first place. But looking at those warning signs in retrospect kind of changes her whole psyche and affects every aspect of her character and how she interacts with people. Yeah, I would say that's a pretty good reflection of what could happen in real life too so I could see that yeah like I just love Maya's character arc I will never stop saying it and I hate like I can understand not liking Maya's character like I don't like if you don't think that you would be friends with her in real life or whatever but like you cannot deny that Maya had fantastic development and that she really tried her best to help other people. And I will always love her for that. Yeah, Maya took one of like the worst things that could ever happen to you and like pushed on through. 
it's just she and her actress amazing <laughs> so good yeah the the breakdown scene like just gets me every time i know it's really it's tough because especially the lead up to her breakdown was like she's still angry about everything she's tired of people coddling her and like she i'm sure she feels numb about everything that's happened so like it makes sense that she would lash out and like start getting drunk and making out with random boys and posting the videos of it online yeah of course she wants to be a different person she doesn't want to be maya right now yeah i think that's what she said too she's like i i don't know who the old maya was or something whatever it was oh maya she's so young i know uh uh what about um the, the last person and their reaction is zig man that's that's just tough because no matter how much you want to like not blame yourself man that is the the last person to talk to him like to cam probably and also the fact that it wasn't very nice mm-hmm. like you can sit that kid in therapy for the rest of his life and i still feel like he won't be able to push past that yeah like uh it's just an awful situation because like he didn't even really like cam like it's kind of similar to eli where he's like i didn't even know him like zig knew him and was friends with him at one point but like he didn't really particularly like him especially in his final moments so like it's hard to be like like of course you feel guilty because even though it's not Zig's fault, it's not anyone's fault, like, you still, like you said, you can't help but feel guilty. Yeah, and we don't even know if Cam would have done it if Zig didn't talk to him. And that would have been Dallas's quote-unquote fault. You know, like, no matter how, like, there was going to be something to trigger it, it could have been Maya breaking up with him. It could have been Zig doing this. It could have been, but regardless he made that choice on his own it's just really tough to watch like the fact that zig now has to live with that guilt even though it's not his fault but i think him and maya at the end make me feel a little bit better because they kind of both are like we have each other because like zig is like the last person to have talked to cam alive probably and also feels like he's the reason that it happened and Maya was dating him so it's like they kind of need each other in the end yeah like I love that scene together because like Zig has really grown a lot in just like the few episodes from Cam's death like he really takes responsibility at least for cheating on Tori in like that French class assignment thing and after like the whole embarrassment of like singing I love you to the French teacher or whatever. <laughs> so Zig has a, re- a lot of really great growth that he had. And in the episode where Maya is like lashing out, Zig is really trying to help her and stop her from doing these really self-destructive things. So it's really great to see them like kind of reach common ground with everything that's happened. And just again show how they're not over it but like they just need to move past it and just support each other through it yep definitely some good old symbolism or whatever i do wish that they did more with zig because 
Cam's effect on Zig isn't really brought up much at all after season 12. Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it, I thought it like kind of affected him more, but I guess not. Like, so there is a bit of an implication. Like, I don't know if you remember, but Zig ends up getting involved with like this gang and then he gets kicked out of home. Yeah. And that's partially happens because like Maya was in Paris at the time. So like he didn't really have Maya as a friend for a good chunk of time. And I feel like the implication a little bit is that he, not only because he didn't have Maya, but because of everything that happened with Cam, he got like caught up in this situation. But it's kind of, it's not really explicit. And it's not really a part of his character really much either. I'll have to watch, uh, I mean, when, if we do that one next or whatever. Did you say it's 14 or 13? It's like 13 and 14, kind of. Oh, even like just the start off the bat and 13, they don't really address it anymore? Not with Zig anyway. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. I'll definitely keep an eye out about the gang stuff, though, and see if maybe I'll pick up on that. Yeah. So I do wish they did more with Zig about it, but like, I forgive it because Maya was so well done with everything from start to finish. Yep. 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 I agree. Okay. Anything else? Okay. I couldn't find a good spot to fill in this scene, but I just wanted to show the scene with Bianca and Cam in the bathroom, just as kind of like a hopeful message <laughs> to end the episode and to end um, season 12 with. Come on, Kim. It's game day. Are you stalking me? No, I'm lost, I swear. Oh, like yesterday? You know what? I'm gonna go tell Simpson that the hockey team has a pervert stalker. We'll see how the NHL likes those. No, please, please, please don't, please. Look, I'm sorry about yesterday. I was trying to impress the guys and... Now they think I'm a huge loser. They're not wrong. How am I supposed to survive a whole season here? I have no friends. My hockey team hates me. My family is thousands of miles away and I'm crying in the girls' bathroom. Okay. Relax. Aren't you supposed to be like the team hotshot? Yeah, I guess. Well, then the other dudes are probably just jealous. And that's why they make fun of me? They make fun of you because you let them. Ignore them. In two years, you're going to be in the NHL. And they're going to be mall security guards. And we can all go hot garbage at them. Okay, now get out of here before someone else thinks you're a perv. And kid? High school sucks. Spend time here with people who don't. What a quote. No. Jasper, you're my high school buddy. Yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, just to close out, Cam, that you are not alone. If you ever want to reach out to us on Twitter or elsewhere, we are here. Yeah. Do you want to... Real quick, just wrap up season 12 overall. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. This is it. This is it. Ah. Yeah. So how do you feel about season 12? I liked it. I feel like there was a lot going on. I've kind of liked the, like, not liked, but the cam thing definitely made it a season that stands out to me just because when really traumatic things happen, obviously they stand out, but it just, I don't know. It stands out to me in that way. And a lot went on, like we lost Casey because Casey left and Jenna had some pretty big character development too. Claire was Claire. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, season 12 is a great season. I kind of view it as kind of, like, I, I know I said earlier that, like, I viewed seasons 10 to 14 as an era, but, like, seasons 10 to 12 is kind of its own kind of era, if that makes sense. At least from the perspective of seasons 10, 11, and 12 each had, like, the summer season where they had, like, an episode every single day, and they had the music video promo and everything. And then, like, even between seasons 12 and 13, like, I know many people don't like season 13 (laughs) very much but like even just comparing the cast like a good chunk of people leave between season 12 and 13 like you just said like you have the graduating people as well as the dave gets black hold casey leaves so it it is kind of like the end of an era with season 12 a little bit i feel that i really feel like it's the end of an era we lose a lot of good like we lose a lot of good people yeah I cannot say that I like it more than season 10, though, unfortunately. (laughs) No, but I would definitely say second, second place. It's pretty good. I do feel it is brought down a little bit with all the plots that are kind of left behind. Like, we have Claire and Asher never gets brought up again. Imogen and her dad doesn't get brought up again. Uh, Dallas being a dad is only a little bit relevant compared to like what you would expect. Um, like we, like I just talked about, Cam's effect on Zig isn't as big as I was hoping. So, yeah. So like, it's not necessarily season 12's problem that it like that these things don't get brought up again. It's like more of a season 13 and 14 problem, but like it does bring down those episodes when you're re-watching them because you're like oh what's the point of this if like it's never going to be brought up brought up again yeah I think they did a lot of a lot of big plots in one season mm-hmm. and didn't feel like they wanted to keep up with it but I still think it was one of the more entertaining seasons yeah like I think you said at one point that like this season is really funny which I completely agree Yes, there are some really, like, comical moments in this season. Just Mo in general makes me laugh. Yes. And, like, pretty much everyone gets their chance in the spotlight, too. Yes, I like that. I like that a lot. Those are my favorite kind of... This is why I love Degrassi. I love shows that switch between characters, and I have to keep up with all of them, and they do that a lot in this season. Yes, for sure. But it is time to say goodbye to season 12. Uh, what a time it's been. Yes. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Bridget, but we are going all the way back to season one next. Yeah. 
Jasper was like, I'm not talking about Tristan anymore. <laughs> <laughs> or honestly, like, I don't think I could do another two hour long Claire and Eli episode, especially if we're going to throw Drew in there with the love triangle. Oh, uh, I guess I understand. <laughs> but get ready for some two hour long Emma episodes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be sick of her by season two. I'm not ready. <laughs> Okay, so goodbye season 12. Thank you for listening and we will see you soon for season one.